The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today, Michelle Curit, started out on a spiritual quest as a small child when she began questioning what she was told about life and death, heaven and hell. Her curiosity led her early in life to the topic of near-death experiences, and over the next 35 years and through groups like IONS, Michelle found these extraordinary stories to be healing and even life-saving during times of deep depression. She longed to somehow share these healing experiences with others, but wasn't sure how until she realized her local community was missing an IONS chapter. Today, Michelle is founder of the Sacramento IONS Group, where folks can come together to share and discuss near-death and other spiritually transformative experiences. Michelle Curit, welcome to NDE Radio. Hello, Lee. Hello, NDE Radio listeners. <laughs> So, Michelle, let's start at that early age and, and uh, tell us, what, what prompted your early curiosity about spiritual things? Well, you know, um, it started with a conversation I had with my mother. Um, I was, it had to have been before I was six because my grandfather passed away when I was six. That was the first real big death experience of my life. And that hadn't happened yet. It was right before Easter because we were about to dye eggs and there was a Charleston Heston movie on the TV and I just turned to my mom and I asked her, why is it that some people get to go to heaven while other people have to go to hell? And she gave me the Christian response and it just didn't sit well with me. Um, in fact, it really disappointed and angered me that she believed that a a loving father God would send any of his children to um, a place like hell. Um, so that kind of got me started questioning at that young age, well, what is true? If this isn't true, what is true? And I had the wherewithal at that age not to ask my mother um, or argue with her. I just... It, it burned internally within me, mm-hmm. and it inspired me to... Um, question other religious points of views and explore them. I started going to different churches. Um, anyone that my friends would go to that I had access to, Baptists, uh, Catholics, and Jehovah Witness, I, I just explored them all. And then by the time I was in my teens, I was starting to discover um, through the works of Joseph Campbell, different religions around the world, including philosophies in Taoism and Buddhism and Zen Buddhism. And by the time I was in college, I was heavenly, heavily um, convinced that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm an Eastern philosophist, I, I, philosopher, I like to um, study this, but I, there are still things to explore. And somewhere in that time frame, um, I started questioning 
whether or not near-death experiences were right. And I really felt connected to them. I really felt that their messages were healing for me. And I had several dark nights of the soul. Um, I didn't feel like I belonged here. And I would continually find myself turning to near-death experience stories through through my adulthood. And I would realize that I would find peace in hearing them. I would find inspiration. I would find purpose to be here. I, well, let, Michelle, let me take you back uh, to Joseph Campbell for a second. His theory which actually derived out of the University of Chicago, I think, was that um, there is one tale, the hero's journey. Yes. And, and it, it's reflected in the life of Jesus, the life of Buddha, the all of the all of these stories are really one story. As you were studying all these different uh, religions and approaches to religion, did you ever feel that um, did did you just see lots of diversity, or did you see it all kind of pulling together in your own mind? I found that most religions share the same roots, uh, the same story. And, and yes, definitely the hero's journey. I, I found that the, at the core of most religions is the unconditional loving message, um, that often gets buried and near death experiences really get to the heart of that. Uh, going back to the hero's journey, you have the hero launching through a threshold, um, meeting a wise one, a wise person to help them on their journey or give them tools to help them. Um, they then, uh, at one point in the journey, they are to experience a challenge or a, a dragon could be a symbol Um and then through that challenge, they become a more evolved being person. And then they return back to their, to their home or they re, or they are forever transformed. And I think when it comes to near death experiences, you know, there's a lot of people that, um, pass and are revived and they come back to life challenged with being just here. Mm. And, you know, w- I, I've had several speakers um, say that when they started sharing their experience on the other side, that's when they realized that they had a purpose and they had something to give back through that experience um, to heal others. And I know I've been healed by hearing these experiences. So I definitely feel that there's a connection to the hero's journey, even just in one that's, that's going through the after effects of near-death experiences. Right. Now, you told me in an earlier conversation that the, you feel the source of your depressions um, was genetic, that this was something that you shared with other members of your family. So during those times, did you feel that you were still on the path, that you were you were the hero of your own story, and uh, that could you did that help to pull yourself out of the depression? That's a really good question. I've never thought of the hero's journey helping me through my depressive, uh, s- cycles. Um, hmm. I, I don't know. I, I think for me, um, meditation has really played a huge help in, in chronic depression and managing it. 
Um, and just being able to talk about it. I think I, I just constantly thought there was something wrong with me feeling like an alien in this world since I was a young child and not understanding why. And once I opened up and shared that, you know, I'm, I have suicidal thoughts and I don't want to be here. And I know that there's something better on the other side and I want to get back to that. Um, just sharing that with other people and hearing their own experiences with depression. I think that has also been a great tool, but meditation sharing. And yes, in some cases, you know, getting on medication to help, um, can be, um, you know, it, it's, it's a life changer. It can get you through and, um, off onto a better stage where you can let go of the medication and focus more on the tools like meditation to help you through the cycles in the future. You know, one of the things I find interesting about the near death experience stories, uh, is that they give hope without really encouraging people towards suicide. I mean, you'd think, from some of the stories that the experience is so magnificent uh and certainly people do not want to return once once they've seen the other side at that moment but when once they're back and back into their lives um you don't get that many people at, at least i haven't talked to that many people who have contemplated um seriously contemplated suicide again after that what what's your experience been in talking to other people in your group Oh, you're hitting upon a great paradox, and I love this because, you know, I, I'm in a similar boat. You hear these amazing stories of the other side, and yes, you very much want to go home to that. But at the same time, you, you're also realizing, <clears throat> excuse me, that there's something important for you to do here. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be here. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and in talking to um, and the ears and just and just the curious folks that come to our Sacramento chapter meetings, um, they feel inspired. They feel gratitude when they hear these messages. And, and there's just a renewed purpose to be here and to to spread this unconditional love that that's just radiating off of some of these speakers. Mm. Um, you just want to to bask in that and then share it with, with those around you. And I think that's part of the healing that near death experiences bring to us. It's like we, sure, there's, we know that there's, you know, a whole nother dimension on the other side, but at the same time, we're here to bring that dimension to earth, you know, bring the love, the unconditional love that we're, we're seeking from the other side, bringing that here, I think is part of our mission. Mm. Are you, do you still attend church, uh, or are you in touch with pastors or, uh, um, or priests in, you know, in any way in a I capacity? Never, I never really, uh, subscribe to any particular religion. I'm now 41 years old, and I can say that I love so many different aspects of different traditions and religions that it's for me, just something that I like to pick up every once in a while and be inspired, pick up scripture, um, uh, pick up the Tao Te Ching and, you know, just incorporate that, those different messages into my daily life. I, I'm very introverted, so <laughs> I don't really enjoy the church setting. Um, but I do find that 
just incorporating as much of those different traditions into my life as possible is very rewarding. So um, I, I guess I don't play favorites. <laughs> well, in a way, since you started your own group, uh, you are uh, you you are I won't call you a pastor, but you uh, for an introvert, you've got you've taken a big step in bringing yes. people together to talk about their experiences. It's a very tell, big uncomfortable step. <laughs> well, tell us how uncomfortable it was. How how did you manage to do this? And and was I was the national uh, ions helpful to you in in that way? Oh, definitely. Well, so it started with, gosh, I must have had this itch for about 10, maybe 15 years to share near-death experience stories. And, you know, that whole time I was thinking, well, how do I share this? Do I write a book? Do I create a podcast? And, you know, just vacillating between ideas uh, over that, like, you know, long extended time, um, I guess... Uh, I, I was 40, so this is relatively new. We're a new group here in Sacramento. And I said, you know what? I'm 40 years old. I think it's time for me to actually become an IONS member. I've been on their website and reading their resources for decades now. It's <laughs> time for me to become a member. And it wasn't until I, I joined up that I looked for a Sacramento IONS chapter. Can you believe that? I've been living here for about um, 13 years and I, there wasn't one. I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe that Sacramento, the capital of California, doesn't have an IONS chapter. Hmm. So <laughs> I kind of looked up at the ceiling and I asked the universe, so is this what I'm supposed to do? You know how I, I fear public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> and I went ahead and applied. That's um, part of the... Uh, um, the process is there's an online uh, application at ions.org that anyone can find and fill out. Uh, and I did. I filled it out. And I waited about three months. I didn't hear anything. And just when you start letting go and say, okay, well, I guess the universe had other plans for me. I'm not going to do that. That's when I got the call from one of the IONS board members, Barbara Bartolome. She's also a um, two-near-death experiencer. Um, so she interviewed me. She's a neat lady. She's an awesome woman. Yeah. Um, if, if you haven't heard her story, find her online. She's got YouTube videos all over the place. Um, but and She's she, in Santa Barbara, so not yes. too far away from and you. She, she is a founder of the Santa Barbara Ions chapter, so she was inspirational in helping me get my group set up. Um, it's, after she interviewed me, we, we practically fell in love with each other, and she says, yep, yep, you're going to be a group leader, and I have a marketing background. Um, I work on websites doing search engine optimization, and so just having that background in marketing um, gives me a little bit more of a leg up when it comes to understanding how to market our Sacramento group. So she was really impressed by that. And, <laughs> and in no time we were sh um, sharing, you know, ideas on how to promote the group. And, you know, this was just within the first couple hours of me becoming a group leader. So it, it, it sounded like a lot to take on. I was originally thinking of something small, like a, like a five to 10 person group sitting in a circle 
reading um, excerpts out of maybe Raymond Moody's book, uh, Life After Life, and that that was my visualization. But Barbara Barbara seemed to uh, inspire new ideas. She from out the gate said, "Oh no, you're going to have speakers. They're going to come and to your group. You're going to have lots of people attend." Uh, and she was thinking upwards of 90 people, and and that really made me scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, more that uh, you can get around the kitchen table, isn't it? Right, right. So yes, and that's another part of it is finding a venue. Um, that was probably uh, one of the biggest challenges, both financially and just location-wise here in Sacramento. Um, you would think we have a lot of places. We do, but a lot of them are um, more pricey than I could afford. And a lot of the the expenses for the Sacramento chapter come out of my pocket. This is my way of giving to the community. Um, but we do accept donations. And anyways, getting this, this group started, um, it, it went from being about 20 people, and now we're getting on average about 29 to 30 people coming to the meetings, which is a small percentage growth. But when you think about a group that's not even yet a year old, that's pretty good. And I've been marketing with Meetup on Facebook, um, getting the word out with flyers, printing them and, and posting them around the city. Um, I, I call different, uh, group organizations around. I still have to do more of that to get the word out. Um, and as far as IONS being a great resource and support, Barbara Bartolome with her, I think she's been doing her group for eight years. With her experience, she's offered a lot of support and resources. IONS offers brochures, um, guidance. They have a whole everything booklet on how to start a group and get it organized and going. Uh, and they have monthly leadership, uh, group leadership meetings that you can network with other group leaders around the globe. <laughs> it's just, it's just fabulous. And then of course, all the research that IONS has been collecting over the last 40 years. That's, that's all at your disposal. And so if I don't have a speaker one month, I can certainly call up Ions and say, Hey, do you have, can you recommend any good conference DVDs from the past? And can I borrow some? Mm. <laughs> so whether you have speakers at your group or whether you're just sharing out of excerpts of a, of a book or sharing, um, a video of a speaker, um, sharing their NDE or out of body experience, um, it's, it's an amazing experience. It's yeah, an amazing yeah. thing to do. For people who are um, wondering, you know, about the costs of finding a place to meet, um, if anyone that's connected with a church that has a, a pastor that's sympathetic to the point of view of uh, NDEs, they might volunteer a space. Absolutely. Uh, and and then that takes that takes a lot of the cost out of the process. Um, yes. <clears throat> I was going to ask you something, and then I coughed and forgot what it was. <laughs> uh, but tell, okay, there. Let, let's take it more a little more step by step. So there you are. You, you've been authorized by by Barbara. <laughs> you are you are empowered. You've found a location. 
Now, what was what was the first thing you did after that? Did you put an ad in the paper or did you go on Facebook? Um, ads in the paper are a great idea. I actually, uh, <laughs> I think the first thing I did was I started reaching out to people at work. And this was very scary. This felt like coming out of the closet and sharing, hey, I'm about to do something that is extraordinary. Not a lot of people know about near-death experiences. Um, are you interested? Do you have any advice for me on venues? Or I, I just started reaching out to people at work and serendipitously, I don't know, or, or you know, <laughs> synchronistically, um, the folks that I reached out to actually had resources on hand. Um, a friend at work named Patrick sent me a few articles, and one was a Sacramento News and Review. Or no, I'm sorry, I forget. It was a Sacramento News online news article. I'm forgetting what it's called now. But it listed three local near-death experiencers, including one who wasn't an experiencer but who had been the creator of neardeath.com, a website I'd been visiting since I was probably in my early 20s. And I had now uh, the names of four people I could reach out to. And I did a little research to find, you know, contact information on each one of them. And I wasn't able to get hold of everyone, but I, but three out of the four I were, and two became speakers. Um, <clears throat> Michelle Shackleford, who is a police officer, she had a terrible motorcycle accident and she died, <coughs> excuse me, experiencing her mother and grandmother on the other side and returned. <laughs> so she became my December speaker. And then I had also Vince Miglior, who was a nurse about 20 years ago, and he experienced for the first time a near-death experience, not himself, but a patient sharing a near-death experience with Vince. And that sparked, uh, I think, a decade for him of just doing research, and he wrote a book about near-death experiences. So he was local to Sacramento, and I had him come and speak and I believe our um, December, or I'm sorry, um, our January or February um, meeting. And then the creator of neardeath.com, Kevin Williams, I found out that he just lives up across the river, you know, north of me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing how these things fall into place once you get going on it? It really is. It really is. And, you know, his website is just... It, it's deep with resources and near-death experience stories. Uh, he has over 600 pages of of just information. So wow. <laughs> he's a fascinating man to know. And and just his website alone, if you haven't been on near-death.com, check it out. Um, we're going to be actually re- redesigning it, giving it a fresh new look over the next year. Um, but he's been instrumental in doing a lot of the press releases for me, um, getting the word out, going on event calendars online and posting about our monthly meetings. 
Uh, he's just been the, the, the best friend that anyone can have that's starting out a group. <laughs> well, <laughs> you may have uh, just encouraged a whole lot of people to get in touch with not only his website, but I but think he, they should as well. Um, which which puts me in mind of putting in a plug for NDE Radio because yeah. Michelle, if you have any. Uh, people who are speakers at your group or experiencers at your group that you think would be uh would like to come on the show and talk about what they what they went through uh you know would I'd love to hear through you or through them um they, they can uh, just email me at leewitting dot uh, uh leewitting@gmail.com but um anyway and uh, like that's and that's true for all the groups out there who might be listening <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. And we would like you to come speak um, at Sacramento <laughs> Ions, um, hopefully in 2020, February. <laughs> well, I, uh, my my granddaughter has just started at Occidental in uh, L.A. and um, Occidental College, so I I might um, very well be out there, and if I am, I will. We'd love to. Glad have. to. That'd be fun. Um, we're, uh, let's see. So now you're, you're working on the, uh, neardeath.com. Uh, are you finding that that gives you more leads for your group? You know, no, not exactly. Well, Kevin is instrumental in, in helping me network, but actually it's been really synchronistic. Folks either have come to me at the meeting and said, Hey, I would like to share my story or I have through other IONS, uh, chapter organizers, we've connected and we've shared speakers that way. Mm. Um, so it's, it's almost been amazing. Um, it's one of those let go, let God scenarios where you just say, okay, this is your business. You know, you, you help facilitate who's going to speak and when and, and you just, sometimes you get random calls from, from folks across the nation saying, hey, I found your website. I'm a, <laughs> the year I'd like to come speak or I'd like to Skype and. <laughs> So I've been very fortunate. Uh, I really did believe starting this group that I wouldn't have speakers the first year at all. And I've had a speaker almost every month except for two months. Well, having Barbara as a, as a relative neighbor, yeah, she has speakers all the time. So if she can pass her speakers on to you, that would be a, a great benefit. She certainly has, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how do you feel like it has... Um, benefited you personally for having started this group? Well, I can say with confirmation that I now feel like I have a purpose. Mm-hmm. I now can walk around and say, oh, yes, I know what my life's purpose is. It's it's running an IONS chapter <laughs> and helping people be healed and inspired by these amazing, extraordinary stories. And helping medical professionals become more better caregivers yeah. because they're at the front lines of, of experiencers sharing their stories, coming to being shocked, being back in this, this reality. And I really hope that we can influence each other, create a community here that's able to network and create higher levels of healing. 
uh, as, a, as during my years as a hospital chaplain, I found NDE stories to be so helpful to people who were uh, fearful of death, who were sick and depressed. And, um, and after a while, I developed a network of doctors who, when they got any inkling in that somebody had gone through a near-death experience, they would call me and say, go visit patient X <laughs> and yes. get their story and talk to them about it because they are very, uh, very um, both uh, amazed and concerned that they saw what they saw. Uh, One of the things that near-death experiencers come back and tell us is they no longer fear death. Exactly, exactly right. Michelle, um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you about um, starting a group in their city or just to talk to you about uh, your life and, and the show, uh, how would they? what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, definitely check out our website. It's sacramentonde.com. And there's my contact information you'll find there, but you can also call me, uh, 916-204-5567. Ring me up, text me. Um, I do work for a living 40 hours a uh, a week, so (laughs) I'll get back to you right away. Please be patient. Um, But I'd love to share, and we definitely need more IONS chapters um, we, we, we are a growing organization, but you know, this, this is important information. And if we can help each other get it out, um, let's do it. That's oh, exactly. Exactly right. That's the reason that this, this program is, is, uh, was created. Uh, Michelle, I'm afraid we're out of time for today. So let me thank you, Michelle Curret and, uh, for sharing your story and um, the progress you're making with uh, Sacramento uh, Ions. If anyone out there would like to listen to this show again or any of our past shows, they should go to our website at nderadio.org. For information on Ions and the upcoming Ions Conference in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, check out the Ions website, iands.org. And join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.